Hello and welcome to episode two, Q&A, Getting to Know Us. Uh, this is Pair at the Point podcast, uh, here with Seth and Jess. Hi. Uh, so we have deviated a little bit already from our schedule, so that's okay. Uh, we figured it would be a good time to maybe lay the groundwork for the rest of what we're going to do and introduce ourselves a bit um, beyond what we did in the first episode. So this will be a little bit shorter. Um, I hope that's all right with you. We're just going to take a trip down memory lane and uh, share some of our memories uh, and happy, happy times with the Penguins franchise. Um, so I'll just start right off. Um, this que- every question is going to be for each of us. Uh, Jess, what's your favorite Pens player outside of Crosby and Lemieux? Those are too easy. So we're going to go with outside of Crosby and Lemieux. Okay, I'm going to do the current roster. Um, and it's a two-way tie between Jake Gensel and Brian Rust. Um, I can't decide which one I like more. It depends on the game. Um, I like the way Jake scores, but I like Brian Rust's style of play. So... Yes, do I tie? What about you? Um, that is that is a tough one. Um, I'm obviously a big fan of Lemieux, so that I've eliminated my top pick right off the bat. Uh, I'd probably have to say uh, Ron Francis. Um, I watched him growing up uh, in the late '90s, and you know whether he was on the Pens or whether he was with uh, the Hurricanes. Um, Whalers franchise, you know, he was he was one of those players that I just always respected. I loved uh, the way he he brought defensive mindset into being a forward, and I really tried to replicate that when I played uh, street hockey or whatever, just back checking super hard. Um, all right, so that kind of segues into my next thought, which was out of all of the current NHL players. Who is your favorite non-Pens player? Patrick Hornquist. Okay. <laughs> Patrick Hornquist is probably my all-time favorite Pen. Um, I He's the reason that I love hockey. Um, he was on the team when I first started watching in 2014. So, I don't know. I just, the way he plays, the way he brings so much passion every single night, even if the team's playing badly, he always brought a hundred percent and I, I just clinged on to him and he's still um, one of my favorite people to watch, even though he's in Florida. So follow up question, just because we have time, how much did it hurt <laughs> to see him, you know, take Mike Matheson out of the equation because I think he had a great year. We both kind of agree. He was, he was great yeah. in his own right, but how much did it hurt to see Patrick Hornquist put up the numbers and play as well as he did in Florida this year? Well, I mean, he could have been horrible, and I still would have been devastated. Um, I mean, you know from being married to me that, like, three days after the trade, I cried. and it Catatonic. Was, it was horrible. And, I I mean, I, I knew it was coming because everybody knew it was coming, but it was horrible. Um, honestly, Mike Matheson not being a dumpster fire made it a little, (laughs) (laughs) a little less terrible for me. But, um, yeah, every time, I mean, I followed his whole year. He was on my fantasy team. I traded for him because I'm obsessed. And every time, um, he scored, I was like, 
he scored again. Wouldn't that have been nice? Because and, and then when we didn't have that net front presence in the playoffs, <laughs> it was even like another dagger in my heart. Yeah, you know, he he's one of those players like a Pat, like a Holmstrom or going back further, like a Dino Cicerelli or a Kevin Stevens. He just goes to the front of the net and he picks up these greasy garbage goals. It, they just don't make those players anymore, and he's the last of that breed. He really. also has the fastest hat trick in Penguins history. Yes, I, I've, <laughs> I've been told. <laughs> yep, <laughs> which is kind of a funny stat because you, you don't think of a, a player like him getting the fastest hat trick in Penn's history, but and you that saw, was a great game. You saw a little bit of Florida this year. I mean, you know, before he came over to us, he was, you know, he he led the you know Predators in goals a couple of years there, you know, in his, in his 20s. Um, he had a scoring touch. You know, he, he got most of his goals are greasy, but he also has a pretty decent shot even from the dots circled. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, he scored some pretty ones for the Pittsburgh. Sneaky good talent. Yeah, definitely. Um, what about you? Favorite non-pen? So, I feel like this this is a, a cop out of an answer. Um, I don't know. Are you going to say dry sidle? Drysaddle is absolutely phenomenal, but I'm going to go with uh, yeah, everybody's least, you know, everybody's most respected player, but uh, he, he's been so good for so long. Uh, Patrice Bergeron, you know, with the Islanders just knocking out the Bruins, it made me realize like, that's probably like Bergeron's last real chance um, because they got some issues with their age and their cap and their goaltending. They've got some serious question marks. But it's just kind of sad because you watch Patrice Bergeron play the same way that Francis did, where he is just back-checking like a demon on every play, but he's still getting involved in the forecheck on the other end. And as somebody, you know, who never really, you know, skated full a full-length rink or played any real ice hockey, like, to watch somebody put, the, you know, just every shift for a decade and a half to pull that sort of effort is just mind-blowing to me and be so good at it selkie candidate like every year he's probably gonna win it again this year and you know he deserves all those accolades he's not overhyped at all he's great um also him with crosby at the olympics a couple times they've gotten to play together magic chef kiss <laughs> uh okay uh okay this is a fun one if you couldn't be a penguins fan you know penguins move to Kansas City, and then fold immediately. Who would you root for and why? So I think a couple of years ago, I would have said the Blues. Um, I really liked watching the Blues versus the Penguins for a little while there. I really liked the style of hockey they play, but um, I, didn't, I haven't really watched them much in the last two years. So I, I think right now, if I had to pick, it would obviously be Carolina because they just have so much fun. And I think it would be fun to go to games there and to be a fan of them. Um, but I think it changes for me by the year. I also really like the Minnesota Wild. Um, and then like, maybe like Seattle. Seattle Kraken would be fun. See, I feel like Seattle's, <laughs> Seattle's this like really neat entity and they've done the branding really well. And Seattle's just a- It's get, a cool city with cool city. people. And I think that they're gonna do a really good job with their franchise. But I mean, I, I, there's a lot of teams that I would probably follow. Um, but I think right now it's Carolina, even though, you know, they got eliminated. They are just fun, and their fan base always seems to be having fun. So 
I, I guess there's two answers to this for me. You know, when the Pens were kind of very much on the rocks during the X-Gen, you know, I was a diehard Pens fan, but I also kind of saw the writing on the wall that they maybe would be moving. So I did follow the Buffalo Sabres for a bit because I, back in that time period, they yeah, had this crazy good roster with Ryan Miller and Danny Briere and Chris Drury and uh, great defensive core. And uh, I don't know, there, there was something really likable about those teams, especially coming out of the lockout. Uh, yeah. Cause I really, I didn't know if I was going to necessarily follow them. If they went to Kansas city, whatever uh, folded, you know, went bankrupt. Um, again, again, uh, <laughs> for the millionth time. Uh, but I think today if, if the, a similar situation were to happen, it would be an easy pick. It'd be the Islanders simply because my father and my brother follow them. Um, it's kind of a miracle. I didn't become an Islanders fan all else, uh, considered, uh, you know, my dad followed those teams back in the eighties and just fell in love with the sport. So, um, you know, being able to share that would have been kind of cool. Um, but I'm glad I'm a misfit in my own little way. Uh, all right. Next question. Uh, Moving right along, what was your favorite Pens team that didn't win? Now, I realize that you are kind of... Low. I've been following since 2014, um, so this is honestly an easy one because it's this year. Um, because 2014-15 was horrible. <laughs> <laughs> we like, got out to the Rangers in the first round, and it was the Mike Johnson era, and it was awful. Um, and then... 18, 19, 20 were just kind of, I don't know. I, I, I touched on this in the last episode, but they just didn't really feel super team-like. Um, they kind of felt disjointed. So that's an easy one for me. It would be this year. I, I loved this year's team. We just watched the latest episode of In the Room last night, and I was heartbroken all over again because they were a team through and through. So, um. I spent a long time thinking on this. There's some like teams that definitely deserve a better fate, like probably in 2013. They definitely did. Um, I think you could argue even last year's team probably deserved a better fate without COVID. Maybe you never know. This year's team definitely got the short end of the stick. The 96 pens were stacked and ran into like an insanely hot goaltender in Van Beesbrook. And, you know, there's a lot of teams, you know, I think that maybe deserve better fates historically. But I'm going to go with the 2001 Pens because at that point I was I was turning 10. Um, I really just started to follow very, very seriously because um, I've been playing street hockey and, and absolutely fell in love with that. But, you know, actually being able to catch the games on you know ESPN or National when, when you got the chance uh, outside of the horrible Philly broadcast uh, – you know, they, they were in their heyday. You know, they, they just brought back Lemieux. Yager was still setting the league on fire. He had like 120 points that year, something crazy um, for the dead puck era where nobody could score at all. Um, and then I look through that roster again, and it's like all these names that just bring back so many memories. And you don't even realize it when you're young like that. But, you know, their defense was bad. They were 26 out of 30 in the league. So their defense was really bad for being a Final Four team. But their offense was second best, only to you know, only behind the team that they eventually lost to, the 0-1 Devils, who also were probably the best defensive team that year, even if the stats in the regular season didn't show it. They were an insane trap team. But 
um, you know, getting to the conference finals and getting to experience the Lemieux comeback. And you got to see Yager lighten it up. You got to have, you know, all these names like uh, Straka, uh, Kovalev, Morozov, Lang, uh, Herdina. And then just watch Hedberg, Moose Hedberg, come out of absolutely nowhere and take the starting reins from uh, John Sebastian Alban and just light the world on fire. That was a fun run. So have it kind of strangled out of them by this, like, awful. And they split the series, too, at, um, in New Jersey. So they actually had a real shot at it. Um, that was a fun, fun team. Uh, I could go on forever, but yeah. So this year's team, why, why, who, who on this year's team really took your attention and was like, I love this player. This is awesome. Name a couple guys. Cody Cece. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, He was so good for us this year. And I was really expecting that to be horrible. Um, let me think. Uh, obviously everyone loves daddy jeff carter <laughs> but he, I mean, he was absolutely amazing since he came over uh i mean the, the usual you know i wish i would have seen more jake gensel in the playoffs but he had a stellar year um brian rust always shows up for the playoffs um i mean the third that third line with jeff carter was really fun to watch um and obviously i always love to watch brandon tanov he's just amazing so there are a lot of them. There's a lot of good players. And like you said, they deserve better. It did. Oh, man. McCann. I fell all oh, back yeah. in love with McCann, too. Yeah, especially like when Gino was out and he was up on the power play all through the you know last couple months. He was so good. Yeah, His shot is dynamite. I love it. Wicked release. Um, no, it was fun watching this year. Definitely felt, again, like maybe they could have done a little bit better. But... It is what it is, I guess. I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. On to the next question. If you could bring back a retired Penguins player in their prime and put them on the current roster, who would you pick and why? Again, you have a smaller sample size. I don't honestly know for this one, but, um, (laughs) the first name that came to my mind was Chris Kunich, just so he could score a double OT goal in the playoffs. Yes. (laughs) I was not a big Chris Kunitz fan, but, um. When I was thinking about like people who are retired who played for the Pens and you know the seven years I've watched them, he was the first one that popped into my head. Yeah, that's a darn good pick, honestly. Yeah, I mean, and in clutch. Yeah, and he, you know, him and Sid had their little bromance, and you know, he at the end of the day, he ended the Senators' whole entire <laughs> franchise. <laughs> but he was the first one that popped into my head. I I don't know if that you know is is the answer, but. I can't think of anyone else. What about you? I I don't know. This one's tough because I guess this team necessarily needs a goaltender, but I don't know if I'd ever, you know, you go too far back in errors and they're not really suited to this style of game. Uh, um, I I think the easy answer is Kevin Stevens. Um, You love him. Oh man. What a player. Um, and I kind of saw him at the tail end of his career when he, you know, he was bruised and battered and he, really dealing with a lot of stuff. He's the one who um, has that really good documentary. Yeah, if, uh, I don't know what it's called, but if, I'm sure if you just search on YouTube, like Kevin, Kevin Stevens, Stevens um, there's a really great documentary about his recovery and stuff on there. Yeah, I don't know if it was like Sportsnet or CBC. Yeah, it was good though. It was very informative, and you you really realize the struggles that you know players in that era and every era have had with 
with drugs. So yeah, uh, you know, it talks about addiction, it talks about <clears throat> mental health, and you know, really being able to plow through that. Um, that's a great documentary. So as a person, I really respect them. But uh, you know, as a player too, just the way he drove the net and just did, you know, he he would do anything for the team, and the way he ran wingman to Lemieux. He's a beautiful goal scorer, beautiful player, and now he's one of our pro scouts. So happy to have him back on board, nice and healthy and happy. So, uh, yeah, Kevin Stevens. It's a good redemption story. Very much so. Uh, it's good to see. Uh, okay. Whew. Let's see. We're running out of questions, um, but this one is fun. So if you could pick a jersey design outside of the current home and away, let's give you a stipulation. You know, what would you pick and why? Well, in my opinion, that's hard because nothing's better than our away jerseys. I love them so much. But, again, I'm going to be boring and say the reverse retro from this year. Um, I, I don't feel like I can say, you know, jerseys from the 90s or because I didn't watch then. But from, like, the years that I've watched, um, I love the reverse retro. I own two of them, and they're beautiful. I, I just – the diagonal is – I love that look. So it is really tight. I just think when I wasn't, I, I liked them when they first came out, but I fell in love with them the first night that we wore them. Um, I just thought they looked so sharp and simple and kind of like our aways, which I already love, but a little bit different. So I wish we would wear them more. You have two now. So. I said I had <laughs> two. I bought a second one at the at game two of the first round. Because they were on sale, and I was going to get a gold, and I'm like, eh, I'm not super into the gold, so I just, I got Brandon's hand up. I went for the gold because I thought they were going on a run, and it'd be yeah. nice and now you're commemorative. Still, but it's a Brian Russ, so you'll wear it. Oh, for sure. Um, What's yours? Mine, and it's going to throw back to the 01 Penguins, but <laughs> that whole run, to me, I'm reminded of that uh, wager jersey they had. They had this couple series wins in that. Uh, that Robo Pigeon, you know, very simple corporate triangle logo from the '90s, but it had the the grayscale oh, on no. on the middle of it. No. <laughs> oh, the sublimated like uh, washout gray that just covered the whole jersey. You know, and you know, I've looked at all the other sublimated designs that came out from that era. And like, yeah, some of them are like niche, kind of like fun now. But in terms of actual designs, that was easily the best. You had like the Anaheim Mighty Duck one that like went onto the pants that was like a Disney logo. You had the Coyotes one where you couldn't like see what was going on. Um, you had some. Uh, you had the St. Louis Blues one that the players wore, but they wouldn't literally go on the ice because they th were so embarrassed because it was just a bunch of trumpets all over their jersey and pants. The Penguins did it classy. I, I could do with a, um, a a robo pen comeback. Yes. I just don't want the, the gray thing. Oh, it needs, it needs to happen. No. It's, it's so beautiful. And it's I want to see Sidney Crosby wear the robo pen, and I know that's like something a lot of people want to see. It'll... You know, Lemieux and the, that that ownership era don't vibe because it costs him a lot of money. Right. right. So they're not. He's not going to do that. <laughs> I, I hope that it happens, but it would be a great nostalgia <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Um, oh. I have one question for you. Um, okay. Uh, well, I want to know who 
your bandwagoning of the teams that are left for um, ah, the final. Bring it back. And don't say Tampa because yeah. I don't want them to repeat. Yeah, they can't take that crown from us, though it really feels inevitable with their $300 million cap or whatever they're at right now. Um, <laughs> that's a conversation for a different day. Yeah. That's that's deeply depressing. But um, of the four teams left, we have the Islanders, we have the Lightning, we have the Knights slash Avs. So there's, you know, Avs could be eliminated tonight. And we have the Canadiens. Um, I got I got to go with the Islanders simply, you know, and they defeated us now two times now, and I, that's horrible. It's a terrible taste in my mouth. But just for family reasons, I would love to see that happen. It would set the game back probably a decade because they they play this horrible new I don't know pseudo trap in the neutral zone, and they've gotten extraordinarily lucky. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd bandwagon the Islanders. There's some good players there. Nelson, Bailey, uh, their defense is great. Uh, so, you know, I, I'll, I'll take them. I um, want – I well, this has changed too because obviously I was on the Carolina uh, <laughs> bandwagon. But um, I have wanted to see Colorado win, um, but since it kind of probably looks like they're going to get eliminated, I think I'm going to bandwagon the Canadians because they're like the little engine that could – and I just think it's so funny that they came out of the North, and it would be cool to see them. In any normal year, they would not have made the playoffs. Also, like, Again. Carey, Carey Price, this is probably his best shot, and it, I, I feel like a goaltender of his caliber should have a cup win. And it would be fun to see Canada win again. And they have done I, it. I don't think they'll win, but it will be fun to root for them along the way. So Yeah, they're about to run into a juggernaut one way or the other. Yeah, definitely, but... So I, I would be okay with Colorado or the Canadians. So I feel like the, I feel like the most common answer among Ben's fans, at least from the chatter I see, it's probably the Knights. Because everybody's loving Flurry, going crazy. Yeah, I mean he look yeah he looks good. So good. So, I, you know that would I would that would not break my heart. At no, all. I mean neither. There's none of the teams left, um, other than Tampa and, in my opinion, the Islanders. I. I just can't. I tried last night to root for the Islanders for their <laughs> family, and I just it like hurt my heart. So I don't want them to win. But yeah, there's no win for me in that series. I don't. I don't care about either of those teams. Yeah. So you're rooting for the the West, which wasn't supposed to be the West, but it, it, ended it up is, and plus yeah. Montreal. Yeah. So yeah. that's definitely who I'm rooting for. So yeah, they're fun. They're a fun little team. Um, anyway. I hope uh, you enjoyed this. I know this was a little less um, locked in, specified than than most of our podcast episodes will be. But it feels goofy to talk about you know the upcoming draft when we're still so deep into the playoffs. So we just wanted to keep it light for this week, um, and then we'll kind of dig more into the expansion draft and then the draft as the summer rolls on. Um, we just had a baby nephew born, so if we miss, um, I think next week we'll have episode three out, but the following week we may skip a week because we're going to be going to meet and visit him. Um, but other than that, we should have weekly episodes. We're looking for Friday releases. Yeah. Okay. yeah. At least at this point, that is that right. is the plan. So right. uh, apologies that this wasn't draft. Uh, <laughs> oriented as we promised uh already breaking promises to our listeners 
but it is coming. Uh, it'll probably be episode four or five. So expansion draft first, and then we'll have the whole off season to talk about whatever, <laughs> um, and look ahead to hopefully one last push for Crosby and Malkin. Anyway, thanks for listening. Um, this is Seth and Jess signing off. Bye. Bye.